Left. Right. If you missed episode 51, God bless you, it was a four hour long episode. We were dying at the end of it. Uh, you are now on episode 52. This is the results pending coverage. We're talking about the election. We're talking about the results as they come in, so stay tuned. And uh, before you get started, don't forget to like, subscribe, share this podcast. It means a lot to us. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Welcome yep. to 52 of SIP Talk. It's continued election coverage. James and I went a little late, four hours plus into, uh, into election coverage the other night, and it's now 48 hours later, and... Fair enough. We're still recovering from a hangover, but uh, four hours later, we still don't have results in the election. We want to talk about that. We want to talk about what's going on, what's going on with the election, the electoral college, um, and uh, and things along those lines. So you guys were talking about Adam. What did you just say about Trump running again? You think he's going to run run again? You think he's actually? Yeah. So so some of his top advisors have already started talking about. Um, the potential of him running in 2024. I thought he would have propped up Don Jr. before himself, but you know, that's, that's narcissism at its finest, but uh, it's good to be back on by the way, guys, I, I know I haven't been on here for, it feels like quite a while, but uh, in these days, it seems like a week feels like a year. So it's good to see you guys. Yeah. I suggested to Justin that we bring you on tonight because you, I know that you got your political background and everything. We weren't able to get you on Tuesday night. Like, what better person to have comment about all this bullshit than someone? You were poli sci, right? I was, yeah. I was poli sci in journalism, actually. So, uh, it it definitely is is right up my alley. Yeah, but uh, I mean, no, no, it, it, you know what it is. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. What I, just because not everybody follows politics, follows the elections, like you do, Adam. Uh, could you just go through okay. what's what's happening? Where we stand as of Thursday night? Um, and, and what's going on? Uh, so right now we're, we're, we're counting votes. I mean, to put it incredibly simply, we are still counting in mail-in votes. We had over 100 million people who voted early in this election, which is uh, like six times, three times, five times as much as we've ever had in history. Um, and we're still counting. I mean, you have votes that still need to be counted in Philadelphia, Maricopa County in Arizona. Uh, votes outside of Atlanta or in Atlanta. Um, you have votes that are still being counted in North Carolina. Specifically North Carolina's going to go on for another couple of days, too. Yep. And in Nevada, which is specifically around Las Vegas and the suburbs of Vegas. Uh, you have votes that are going to go on for the next 10 days in California that still need to be counted. So as well as New York. Um, so you, what do you mean? It's just right now it's a process and it's dragged out. You think you do you really think we're not going to have an answer in 10 days? I think we're going to have an answer probably within the next 24 hours or less on who is president, but I don't think we'll be done counting the votes. I think a lot of the votes that's going to be counted are in major Democratic cities um, that heavily favor Joe Biden, um, not Donald Trump. And I think you're seeing a lot of that being told within kind of reading in between the lines. I mean, you have the Trump campaign that's now filed over, I think, believe four lawsuits since last night. Um, they filed a lawsuit in pretty much every single state that's close, and even some states that have already been called. So Arizona is in a mixed state of being called, but Michigan, Michigan and Wisconsin, they've filed suits in. I'm pretty sure they've done it for Georgia and Pennsylvania, um, Nevada and Arizona. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of those states. Currently but Michigan got thrown out this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right about that. So let me, let me set the stage, though, real quick. Um, yeah. It's, it's been pretty apparent over the last six, eight months that the more liberal and more democratic people care a bit more about safety when it comes to coronavirus. And I'm not saying that's across the board, but I'm saying that you have more right-wing people, more Republican people, more don't tread on me type mentality who are arguing against wearing masks 
who believe it's their civil rights or not it's it's their their you know, personal right not to have to wear a mask um and a lot of the early votes were because of people who were afraid to stand in lines and be in enclosed election areas and the people who are more afraid are trending to be more democratic so what's happening now is the more votes that we count because they're mail-in ballots and early early votes more votes we count are leaning more democratic so right uh, we're having a lot of push from the right side saying that the more votes we count um, there's more more voter fraud and you know trying to get us to stop counting and and that's that's my take on what's going on right now correct me if i'm wrong or, or fill in the gaps if, if no I'm i was going to add a corollary like corollary to that i don't think you got any of the facts wrong but no, right. the idea that we should stop counting the votes right now is really dangerous well, i wanted to touch on that I, like that what's the what's the rationale that, that people are saying stop counting the votes Oh, it's complete bullshit. Well, yes, but can I just say, not only touching on the bullshit factor, but there was something I found on Instagram this morning. It was uh, two videos, one showing you have Trump supporters screaming in Arizona to count the vote, while in Michigan, at the exact same time, telling them to stop counting votes. All happening in real time at mm -hmm. the exact same time. Yeah, I just want to point out, that this is this is at a level of what's coming off as sore loser. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but four years ago, there was a lot of Hillary supporters that were very upset. They took to the streets. That's fine. You're allowed to protest. It's democracy. It's the way it goes. But to say you're not going to want the votes counted because it's not going to help you. But, but is, is, is directing itself no longer a democracy, but more into a, a into a Fashion, well, I, really okay. a dictator i mean that that's what this is hold up, hold up. what's what's the rationale Other than right, so go, look, i just want to know what's the yeah. argument someone's making okay so the argument which i'm going to bookend on both sides by saying it's bullshit goes as follows which is that the that the ballots that they're counting now aren't real ballots they aren't real votes they're being manufactured by the democrats to steal the election from trump that these ballots don't these weren't actual votes that were cast that these are ballots that were found to help biden which is complete bullshit these are ballots right. that were legally that were legally cast ahead of the election and in a number of states pennsylvania is the one that comes to mind most to the forefront is the states asked for permission to be able to start counting these ballots early so basically when they come in the state says hey can we just count them when we get the mail and the state legislatures dominated by Republicans said, no, you cannot start nope. counting them until the election day. So the reason why we have to wait right now is because the state, the state legislatures prevented this, prevented the ideas to, to avoid this situation. They prevented the ideas that would have solved it. And so it's, it's one of those ones where we're not going to let you count the votes until the election day. And then once election day comes, don't count the votes because they're not going to help our candidate. So again, well, bullshit. Uh, I, I had to say it three times, but uh, I could say it more. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I mean, listen, it's, it's really, this is something that we've never dealt with in an election. And I just want to point out the fact that we are dealing with having so many mail-in votes because people are afraid to go to a polling location and vote in person because we have a White House that has been ill-prepared to get their hands around a outbreak virus mm -hmm. that is scared hundreds of millions of Americans into why exactly so so my attitude about this at this point it's sort of it kind of was his own self-fulfilling prophecy that sort of destroyed his presidency and made him a what looks to be at this point and I'm not putting any final predictions out there but looks to be at this point about to become a one-term president um you know it's just the, the vote counts in some of these cities I mean and I remember on election night, uh, Donald Trump was leading by almost 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. Today, he leads, by less than an hour ago, less than 90,000, with another 360,000 votes to be cast, or I'm sorry, not cast, but counted within the Philadelphia area. And it's those just, are going like 70-30 in favor of Biden. 
78% I think was the last number I heard, but I, I could be corrected on that. I, I'm not 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm estimating numbers. You're probably more accurate than I am. So, but it's, it's wild to me. I mean, what, and I just want to point out a very ironic picture here and kind of give, I want both of your thoughts on this. We could very much be looking at a scenario where Donald Trump winds up getting only 232 electoral votes and Joe Biden gets 306 by winning Georgia and Pennsylvania at this point and Nevada. Georgia is going to be the closest to those, I think. Agreed. And it would he could wind up losing by the same margin of victory that he won by four years prior. There's some irony in that. Exactly. To me, All that's right. just so I got a question for you here. Um, you, you brought this up a little bit earlier, but I don't. I think this might sound like the same question, but it's not. Where, let's say, the AP calls the election for Biden. Okay. When does Trump concede? Does he concede? Does Trump uh, actually accept the results of the re- of the election at any point? So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you your answer in, in two different ways. One, nobody gives a shit if somebody concedes an election. It's good for democracy. It's good to calm the American people. But nobody gives a shit at the end of the day if you concede the election. True. Or not. It's become a norm in our, in, our, in our system, though. But how many, how many norms has he broken through or, or not given a shit about to begin with? So All of them? Nobody gives a, he doesn't have to concede for 3,000 years. It's, it's not going to matter. Because at the end of the day, the electors are going to cast the votes for the states that were, went to Joe Biden. And he's going to be having to leave the White House on January 20th, whether he likes it or not. So it doesn't matter if he concedes. Everybody's ad, attitude is, I don't give a shit. You want to be a sore loser about it. That's fine. Which I'm my fully prediction is, be. my prediction is once Fox News decides to finally name Nevada for Biden and has to at that point give him 270 and all the other networks coincide with that, I could see his advisors pushing him to accept defeat but I definitely don't think he will. He will dig in further as he always has. Well, I think you're going to end up in the Supreme Court. I think, uh, I think there's a really good chance that he spends the remainder of his term in the Supreme Court fighting this. Um, my, what I would think would be wildly, it would be wild to watch, but I think there's a good chance that the turnover of power, I, I don't think he's going to have his bags packed in January ready to go. Um, and I, you know, I'm really curious how that's going to play out. It's, it's funny to think about now, um, that he's just going to, you know, I, I wonder if he's been like evicted from properties or, you know, I, I'd like to know some of the intricacies of some of his. No, we, 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 no, we, everything that we've seen from his behavior demonstrates a person that has never had to actually face consequences for his actions. Well, all the buildings, and now he is in my house. Uh, and I know he's very much removed from these, but it, it, it's been interesting to watch over the last four or five years. I think it may have happened even before the last election, where I lived in a neighborhood that all of the buildings had in big gold letters on them, Trump. And now I don't think any of them. Uh, yeah, though they they think that that the landlord had, had a petition in signed right over. Right? I, 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 I want to hit the comments in just a second, but um, but I'm just you know all I'm saying is I, I think in January uh, I'm very interested to see what the next dictates, and I think that's going to give us some good, good indicators of of what's going to happen in a couple of months. Uh, but definitely, definitely. So let you guys cool if I hit the comments, or Adam, you had something else you want to. I wanted to ask you a question, actually, Jake, based on what you just said. I, you're talking about the Supreme Court. I don't imagine he won't take it to court. Most of his lawsuits are ready that he has filed to the campaign for recounts or for stopping the counting of votes have been literally thrown out from every level of court system already. But once it gets to the Court of Appeals at that point, I could see it in the state. He's, they're still going to trash it. They don't have an argument for stopping votes to be counted. Like, that's that is not only illegal, it's unconstitutional. The only thing that um, he's had success with is getting a little bit more access to be able to observe the counts. Exactly. Now, I want to know what you're going to spend time in the Supreme... I don't know how the Supreme Court comes into play in favoring him at this rate. Because in, in Michigan, he's won Michigan by over 150,000 votes. I mean, I don't know. I don't care how, if you do 100 recounts. That's 150,000 people. He won the state by less than 20,000 four years ago. 
And he won Wisconsin by 11,000 votes, which now he's losing by over 22,000. So to me, it's just sort of, I get a recount. I understand that. He has every right to do that, especially in an unprecedented election. But I don't know what his argument is to stay in court for the next 75 days. I, I just don't know what he, I don't know what his argument is for that. And I don't even think he does, to be totally honest with you. Uh, all right, let me hit the comments, guys. Uh, all right, because I saw a couple that I thought were uh, were funny. Let's see. Uh, voted Biden and voted the day before because there's a line that was short. Uh, I had no line when I when I voted on Tuesday. By the way, we talked about that. Uh, oh, I did. Are things still boarded up here? Yeah, everything's still boarded up. I think we're waiting. I think. In regards to places being boarded up, Adam and I went to grab lunch. We went across the street, and uh, the entire restaurant was covered in boards, um, which I was yeah. they weren't even open. And I don't imagine these places are going to take the boards and the, ply, the plywood down until we let this play out a little bit longer, which means these places could go a week or two, or if there actually becomes some serious rioting and protesting. Um, you know, it, it could stay up for a while, forcing these places out of business. Um, there was a protest last night, by the way. I ex did experience one already. I was uh, I was walking to get dinner uh, in Midtown East. There was a protest going down 2nd Avenue, and there was a ton of police presence in riot gear, and it seemed pretty aggressive. I mean, I you know, I literally was not, it was not a very comfortable situation. So, again, I don't know who they were supporting, but I mean, they covered at least a block or two's worth of of no, occupancy get, with their. You're going to get protests going going both ways. Uh, yeah, agree. Blue Bluefin here says uh, Democrats fake ballots, but again, we need some we need some proof here. Yeah, there's no so far. There has been no evidence whatsoever of uh, yeah. There's been no evidence that this has happened. You can say it all you want, but like election officials really do value the integrity of their elections and if there were fake ballots they would be the first ones to to throw them out if anything they're overly cautious in terms of how many ballots they accept so james i'm actually going to even do one better than this there was actually a story about this today uh there was a senior advisor to the trump administration that was asked about this apparent fake ballots being talked about quite a bit and uh, he kept that the journalist kept insisting, can you please give us some evidence so we can report this? Because mm -hmm. if that's what's happening, we need to have evidence to report that. Right. And the senior advisor turned to the journalist and said, no, your job is only to write what I tell you. Uh, no, that's not how it works. All right. I so know. I, I, I just, you know, I, I understand there's a narrative and a campaign, but the campaign's over. Yep. Um, so... Somebody said Trump is winning those states. I guess we were probably talking about the states that we're still counting. Uh, Can you ask them what states they're referring to? Um, so, yeah. yeah, let me look it up because well, M MJ, the reason why I want Trump is winning in those states. Uh, so I don't know what which states MJ means. Uh, no, right now, Biden is actually narrowly ahead in Nevada. So if you yeah. were to stop the count, if, if we were to listen to what Trump supporters are asking for, for stopping the count, then Biden wins Nevada right now. And Biden and, and none of the other states matter. If Biden gets Nevada, he's at 270 on the dot. Exactly. And, and that's that's all you need. So he Trump could win Pennsylvania, North Carolina and Georgia. If Biden wins Nevada, if we stop the count this very second, Trump loses. It's over. So the, the whole stop the count idea is a dumb idea from a, just a purely strategic perspective. <laughs> it's because it's simple. That's that's why it's a talking point. Yeah. You know? I'm getting some push Yo, I do have a theory, though, about um, why Trump won Florida. Go ahead. So um, after the coronavirus, you know, Biden stopped doing a lot of those public appearances. And then yeah. when he started doing public appearances again, a lot of them were these drive through rallies. Where you know people would, you'd have just a giant parking lot full of cars, and people would be listening to the speech that Biden was giving in their cars. And if you chap or, uh, clap or cheer when you're in your car, you can't really hear it. So what the cars would do is they'd beep to show approval. And right. so I have to think that Florida voters watching watching um, Biden getting beeped at brings back memories of them seeing a slow old man in the left lane 
and they thought this is my fi finally I get the chance to vote this guy out. <laughs> I mean, I my 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 real theory is about Florida. Uh, this is actually really interesting. And Justin, I don't know if you had the chance to go over this as well, but um, Trump actually underperformed in every single district in Florida um, across the whole state, and Biden overperformed in every Republican county that typically votes Republican by about a margin of five to eight points. Um, he actually won the surrounding area of Jacksonville, Florida, which is traditionally a very Republican area. Biden won it outright by nine points. He, Hillary Clinton lost that district by, by 12, four years ago. Um, That's a big shift. Wait, wait, let me, where Biden lost Florida was actually in a reliably Democratic area in Miami-Dade and Broward County. The Latino vote in that area usually gets, or he usually will win that area by 33%. Um, and Hillary Clinton, I think, won it by about 31 four years ago. They were predicting he'd win it by about 33. So if he carried Miami-Dade the way it was supposed to go, he would have won Florida outright, probably by about two points. But since he underperformed so much in the Latino community, he only he won Miami actually, Dade by seven points. All right, guys. Right. So let me, let me hit the rest of these comments because I'm just trying to catch up to real time. We're getting some flack that we're, sure. we're getting some flack that we're talking about the elections again, which it's difficult. How can you not though? It's difficult to yeah. not talk about that. Um, we talked about sexual harassment uh, a couple of different episodes, and a lot of people didn't want to hear shit about sexual harassment. We talked about okay. things. We, we talked about we talked about the police. The, you know the the topic here and the involvement here is is you know we're trying to talk about current events, and I appreciate the feedback, but I think it's impossible not to talk about what's going on around you. We talked a lot about coronavirus, which obviously is played out as hell, but especially in the beginning or as things changed, it was difficult not to address those. Um, uh, let's see. You, gen gen you gentlemen are amazingly informative and professional, much better than television coverage. Um, the Trump brand has shit the bed. He believed the White House smelling foul. Um, all right. Uh, Cheryl says hi. Um, hi, Cheryl. <laughs> all right. Let me just get. I, I, I just want to briefly comment on the television coverage, which I've watched very little of, and why a lot of people get turned off on it is all these networks are 24 hours and there's just not 24 hours worth of information to talk about right now because so <laughs> like i've been it, while i've been at work i i've been kind of tracking the results pretty closely i'd say probably every 30 minutes or so i'm just refreshing to see if anything's changed and as i was talking about tuesday night my main resource is actually looking at political futures markets and today the political futures markets barely budged they opened with Biden at about 85, and they ended at Biden between 89 and 90. That's a pretty small move. Um, and the, the luxury that we have is we're here for an hour, maybe an hour and a half or so. So we can take all of the content that we have, get it out there. We don't have to make up stories. We don't have to fill time, and we don't have to come up with false narratives just to, to pretend to be interesting. And exactly. that's why a lot of people lose respect for a lot of broadcast journalism right now is that facts not, are not always the most interesting thing to report and interesting thing to report. Interesting things to report are what gets you ratings and that's what gets you advertising revenue to keep you on the air. True. And, I agree with you. And you will never see on any news station as much chest hair as you see right in the middle of, of the screen today. Uh, wow, wow. Sorry. Just just so everybody knows, I, I took a couple personal days, but I'm currently sitting at, at a bar that uh, I, I had built, um, drinking a very nice bottle of wine, actually. But if anyone's ever had the 19 crimes, I really recommend it. Um, but uh, I, 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 I guess my question to you guys is, what do you go let's talk about the Senate for a minute, because I, I, I think the presidency situation is kind of in a standstill, at least for right now. Until it's probably tomorrow. Too. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Senate. This is going to be the first president that's going to come into office in almost 38 years or 32 years, I believe, that's not going to have the Senate with him in terms of legislation. And it's going to be incredibly a close margin on the Republican side that they're going to hold a majority, although it's a little bit in contest right now 
both seats in Georgia are going to go into a runoff election at this point in January 5th, which is just insane because they're actually going to decide the balance of power in the Senate. Well, the best um, that the Democrats can do right now is 50-50. Yes, with uh, Kamala Harris being a uh, vote on the, on the Senate. She's only, she's only the, the 51st vote if it ends up in a dead tie. So right now right. the best, best case scenario for Democrats is they win both runoffs in Georgia, which is a super long shot. No, it's not. I don't think so. I mean, Joe, Joe Ossoff literally lost the seat to Purdue by less than two points. I think it was like a 1.8, 1.6 race. I mean, it's almost as close as Stacey Abrams and uh, the now Brian Kemp, who's governor of Georgia, election in 2018. It's incredibly close. And Kelly Loeffler was in a field with 12 people. So okay. well, here, let me do some call. basic probability on this. Hold up, hold up, what I want to do real quick is just zoom out, get a little less specific. We have a lot of viewers that are not in the U.S. A lot of people who listen that may not be as familiar with what the Senate uh, and the House of Representatives, what the weight of them being majority Democratic, majority um, majority Republican. So does anybody want to, anybody able to explain that very concisely or you just want me to run with it? What do you um, run with it? I mean, a little bit, I, you know. So yeah, you go. Basically for any laws to be passed, they have to, the president has the ultimate last veto power, but they have to run through the House of Representatives, which is how many members? 500, what is it? 538 between House and Senate. Uh, 538 between both. And president and vice president. Sorry, go ahead. So I thought it was a 100 senators. Yep, and then 400, and th actually 432 members. 432. Uh, the, 432. Uh, the so there's 432 in the House of Representatives. And for laws yes. to pass, they have to pass through Congress, the House of Representatives, and they have to pass through the Senate. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the president is a Democrat and the Senate is Republican, they can pretty much block anything that the president really wants to do. Um, and that's, that's what we're running into right now, is it looks as if the Senate is going to remain majority Republican, which it, which it was coming up in this election. But that makes it very difficult as a president to pass the legislation that you want to pass to change the country the way that you want mm -hmm. to change Which, you know, it's crazy that everything is so polarized, but at least that, you know, gives some- I, I want to speak to the idea of gridlock though. Um, so one consequence of Trump's presidency is Trump has really expanded the role of the executive and fought in court tooth and nail to be able to justify things that a lot of people thought would have been outside his scope. Um, and so he opened that door. And if, if Biden ends up being president and ends up getting blockaded by the Senate on a lot of his legislative goals, well, Trump expanded the role of the executive. So I don't think there's going to be much to stop Biden from issuing a number of executive orders to get what he wants done, done, provided the Senate fails him in being able to put laws on his desk. So it, Trump played a dangerous game here by expanding the role of the presidency so much that now that his party no longer controls the presidency, now the Democrats can pull the same things that he did, but in the opposite direction. Well, and the other problem is with executive orders is that everything that Donald Trump has done through executive order can and most likely would be overturned in a Democratic administration True. and vice versa. This happened as soon as Obama left office. Donald Trump you know, ripped up a lot of executive orders that Obama laid out in his last year of office. Yeah. Yo, let me give you some quick back of the envelope math for the Georgia, the, the Georgia permutations. Please. So running off the probabilities that I got from my political futures markets, there's roughly a 46% chance that both seats go to Republicans, about a 12% chance that both go to Democrats, and about a 42% chance that it's one and one. Wow. That's really close. I mean, I, like... 
I could definitely see at least one of them going, which would then, I believe, equal out to a 51-49 or a 50-50, depending on... 51-49 is, is... So it's 42% chance of 51-49, 46% chance of 52-48. Wow. <clears throat> wow. That's that's rough math. I should do a better job on it, but that's that'll get you in the ballpark of where we're looking. Gives you, gives you an idea, though, I mean, of how what the odds look like. I mean, that's that's intense. That's really, really intense. And um, also my understanding that you what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Jay? You, you got two guys in the Senate that are independent. Am I am I correct on that? Yes. And, and they and they caucus with Democrats. Currently. So yes. Uh, so what does that mean right now? That means it, it basically you could have Democratic control. Right? No. No. The, those two are basically counted. counted as yeah. What I would say is that you've got Mitt, Mitt Romney is, has shown a willingness to cross the aisle occasionally, and after Susan Collins's scare in Maine, I wouldn't be Lisa surprised. Murkowski too. Murkowski to a lesser degree, yes. So there, there's three senators on the Republican side that at times have shown a willingness to cross the aisle. Okay. That's going to be it. it yeah. well, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird year. I, I think there's a really good chance that Nevada, you know, they got 25%, 24% of their, their numbers are still, still reeling in here. I think the more, yeah, but the, most of those numbers favor the Dems. Heavily. They, they yes. the board of elections already said it, that they're heavily favored in Joe Biden's favor. And they're all mainly out of the area of around Las Vegas. Okay. All right. But I, I, I think she spoke around noon. Uh, was it noon at uh, Eastern time or, or noon on, uh, uh, was that? Mountain Pacific time. time. Yeah, well, mountain or Pacific uh, time. What was it here in New York, yeah. Well, whatever that would be, I guess three o'clock, four o'clock today. Mountain right? time's plus two. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so what I was going to say is I think that if, if Trump does step down, he's going to spend the next four years pushing uh, highly, uh, very highly covered by the media kind of push against, you know, undermining Biden. Let me stop you there for just a second. So I, I, I agree with you. However, I was reading something about how Twitter would consider very strongly banning trump's account once he's no longer president i agree i think that's gonna happen this is not this is not my opinion this is something that like i've seen that like twitter's given him a lot of leeway by virtue of his of his position and once that position disappears he'll be sub like twitter treats politicians differently which you can argue about whether or not it's a good thing but once he just becomes a private citizen twitter very may, may well take away his main tool for agitating the rabble. Now, that's not to say that Fox News wouldn't have him on an, as a guest any time that he calls in, but... Yeah. Well, I that... do want to say, by the way, you're, you're forgetting one thing. The Republican Party still is a party even if Trump loses. And becoming a one-term president is considered a failure. Yep. Okay. It's, it's, it's basically the American people rejecting your job performance of four years. So you are considered a failure on the presidential level. Well, so fishhead rots really fast in American politics. And I could tell you that the Republican Party, as soon as this is called and the fighting stops and the count votes are counted, bet your bottom dollar, every single Republican senator, governor, congressman that was super about Trump is going to come out and tell you all about how they privately told Trump all the time how they didn't agree with any of his antics and how he shouldn't have been president and that they don't agree with him and they think he's a nice guy personally, but he shouldn't be in politics. I'm guaranteeing you they're going to distance themselves from that family like that. And it's the and Dems' job to hold them accountable and say, you should have said something while he was in power. And fair enough. And that, that is on them to do that. And I don't think they'll do a great job of it, obviously, no. just based upon their pattern of, of history. Of, but or of not doing a great job with a lot of things. <laughs> Fair enough. But I definitely think you're going to see a quick jockeying of support in 2024. Literally, by the time we reach March and April of next year, you're going to start hearing conversations about the Republican nominees for 2024. That conversation's already started, believe it or not. Yep. 
Tom Cotton, Ben Sass, Tucker Carlson. Cruz. Uh, who's who's your former uh, governor down there, James, for uh, South Carolina? Was Nikki her? Haley. Nikki Haley. Um, I mean, these are the people that are going to come out of the woodwork. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I've heard a lot about lately, who may be making a run from Florida. I mean, this is this is going to be the new thing. Donald Trump is not. If he loses, he may have a big voice and he's going to look for a way to save face. But I don't know if he's necessarily going to, I don't think he'll follow through with running again. He'll be, was it, 78, 79 years old. I mean, he's making the same argument against Joe Biden. Yeah. Which there are fair arguments on that at that age level. But I don't think Donald Trump, Donald Trump's going to want to do that in four years. I just Justin's don't see already seen this, but I got to show it to you, Adam, because you'll appreciate it. This is my sure. candidate for 2024. <laughs> we have to get there in four years for that to be the candidate, though. That's that's the problem right now. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's maybe another Mars may have another like, moon. I just I caught this briefly. You get more about that than I did. There's like some giant no. moon size proportion to Mars. I didn't know about this. Yeah, um, I heard they found water on the moon. By the way, I, this, this, this is—is is this true? By the way, yes. is this like a thing, or am I like an Alex yeah. Jones conspiracy theorist right now? No, no, no. There, there's no gay frogs on the moon. Just water. <laughs> oh man, I—I I just it's crazy. It's crazy to me. I mean, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the civil war to start, though. I, I'll tell you. Based up the moon. No, none of the moon. I'm just in terms of just everything that we're talking about throughout the conversation thus far. Like it's 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 really it's upsetting. It's unsettling. You know, I think seeing Trump win, I, I could only imagine I probably would have left the city, to be totally honest with you. Um, but I, I, I just don't think that we're in a position where the next four years are going to be good for anyone. I, I, I just no. don't see it. Um, we have a mess to what fix happens, in this world right now it's scary what happens what does biden do because i know you're a big biden fan what does biden do moving forward uh, let's let's not get carried away i'm a bigger i'm a bigger anti-trump fan than i am a, a big biden supporter so let's let's be fair on that you're if not we're to be honest here um but i think well i think biden's been in the senate for a long time and I think he's known a lot of these Republicans for a very long time. I think a lot of them are going to tell the line of playing politics with a majority leader who quite literally said on inauguration night of Barack Obama, our only job is to make him a one-term president. I bet your bottom dollar is going to do the same thing again for Biden. Um, but I think the pressure is going to be on Mitch McConnell to come up with a solution. I think there'll be a skinny relief bill probably within the next month or two. I could see Republicans dragging that out until Biden becomes president just to make the dollar on him so he inherits the debt and not Trump before he leaves office. Yep. Um, just as a political argument in the midterms. Uh, I also could see them trying to have a conversation about nothing. I think that's going to be it, quite literally. I think, I think you're literally going to see executive order after executive order. And Mitch McConnell is going to caucus the Republicans, and it's going to be a very small majority for them. And they're not going to work with Biden at all. It doesn't matter what Biden says. doesn't matter how bipartisan. It doesn't matter the message. It's going to be politics as per usual. And there will be a bigger reckoning about that in the next 10 years. I don't see things changing. I mean, I, I think it's going to be very bad. What I want to know is how does Biden being president affect me as a new york it doesn't as a business owner as you're gonna get a skinny relief bill man some degree. james what as a business owner it'll affect you to some degree depending on well obviously coronavirus has had a significant impact on your business and yes. i i would say depending on how the government handles coronavirus and how quickly our response our, our change in response is able to not make it go away, but minimize its impact. That's one way in which it'll, it'll affect you. The other one is going to be what I would expect to be some inevitable changes to tax law. Now, Biden has yeah. said that his only changes are going, the, the only changes he's going to make that would increase tax rates would be on people that earn more than $400,000 per year. That's a campaign promise. And we know how much value to put in those. 
but let's take him at his word for right now and say that only the only people who are going to be paying more taxes are going to be those who earn more than four hundred thousand. So after deductions, though, from what I've read, four hundred. I'm talking four hundred thousand taxable income. Right. I mean, which is a lot. Like that. That's a lot. That's not. That's not even four. That's not even three percent of the country. That's making it. It's it's super high. Um, I would say that like of the clients that I work with, I probably probably less than and and remember, there's a selection bias here for the type of people that can afford the services that my firm offers, and the type of people that need CPA level work to get their tax return done. And I would say probably less than 10% of my clients earn more than $400,000 a year as a household. I've been trying to say this the whole time, but you have 50 cent running around trying to talk like he understands tax law. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so I, I'm pretty sure I said this on Tuesday night's cast, but Adam hasn't heard this yet. And I want to get his uh, reaction to it. Um, sure. When I saw my brother out in California, we were talking about scenarios for the election, and my like, we were kind of just being pessimistic about it because we said, "All right, what's our base, best case scenario right now?" And we said, "Best case scenario is Biden wins, and it's not close. It, it's a landslide victory, and it's a it's a just a widespread repudiation of Trump." Best case scenario, even in that best case scenario, like how do you think Trump is going to react? To the loss and how do you think he's going to conduct himself during the next two months and to use the words of my brother he says i think it's going to be the political equivalent of a caged chimpanzee throwing poo at everything that gets close to him i think that's a really fair assessment uh but again is that isn't that sort of how he's been though for better half of his entire presidency he's been an uncaged chimpanzee and there's been no poo uh, well, what could he possibly like what is he gonna like so using your metaphor what what would he possibly throw at people just lawsuits at everybody just using a bill bar bar as his just like uh, um, dog on everyone? that's where it gets a lot hazier because you always think like how could things under trump get any worse but the thing about it is this presidency has consistently surprised us <laughs> that it has so i don't know what he could come up with in the last two months but um probably a whole bunch of executive orders rolling back environmental protections in areas that that are subject to executive orders that don't require actual legislative action that's one right. um the i would say treatment of immigrants anything anything military related like uh, i don't think the one thing I will give credit for to Trump is that he generally seems to be averse to actual warfare. So I don't think we have to worry about him starting a war in the next two months. He won't do that. No, I don't think he will do that. I don't think he's, I think he's too scared of the generals as much as he tries to deny that. Uh, yeah, but let me, let, um, let me ask. Yeah, it, it's tough to say, but it's also just the way that he acts and just a further debasement of the office and our, and our standing in terms of him insulting our allies, insulting the, the, just the general political process. And whatever he can do by executive order to just kind of own the libs, I would see him trying to do. Yeah, yeah just looking to piss somebody off for the day is what I had to do. I could see that. Uh, right. I see that. All right, guys. I, uh, I, got, I got two things. Um, first thing I want to touch on real quick is what if Trump is reelected? What, how does that affect? And the Caribbean's looking really nice. How does that affect uh, me as a business owner in Manhattan or, or as somebody who's got a regular job? How does that affect me? Can I take this one, James, though? I, 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 I want to add to this. Please do. Okay. So, Justin, let me ask you, um, and James, I want to ask you the same question. In terms of a presidency, how much control do they really have over the economy? I would say less than 20%. And if I'm going to be totally honest. Okay, disagree. But I would say... Less, less than 20% only because most of the economy and a good economy is run by confidence, confidence in the market, confidence in consumer spending, confidence in job security, confidence in people coming in and spending money, whether it's at restaurants, consumer goods, and so on. And when you have good leadership and people feel good about government, they feel good about their country, typically the economy is pretty robust. The classic phrase is markets hate uncertainty. 
Fair. Now, when I sit here and, and James and I could talk about tax law, we could talk about how that affects the economy. That's totally fair. Minimum wage, all that stuff. That's totally fair. And I, I'm not going to sit here and deny that. That definitely has a weight on the economy. But with Trump and especially with COVID, which is such an epicenter around the economy right now, you have this major weight of people who lack leadership and belief in that things will get better under his leadership right now with COVID. And more people, including the exit polls have stated, more people care about getting the virus under control than the economy restarting. So if Trump kind of relies on the other. Right. If Trump gets reelected, a lot of the status quo of what's going on right now is probably going to stay pretty consistent, if not get worse. If Biden changes up leadership and we get a different voice around this, people get a sense of calm for now. If Biden fucks up, then that's on Biden. But for now, at least Biden can have a renewed and breathe some life into making people feel good and that the economy will then see the day of light again and have a bit of fresh fresh air about the situation at hand. And people will feel a bit more of a steady hand if Biden doesn't fuck it up. And I'll say that again, it could have a better weight for you and for the business and for us to see our economy get a bit better in the short term and in the long term. But again, that's why I weigh so much on confidence level about how people feel as opposed to just monetary policy and because like you know barack obama or bill clinton or donald trump or george well, bush was back there presidents with like don't have too much say over monetary making the economy better like that's such bullshit to me presidents don't have too much say better. over like um by monetary policy are you talking about tax and spend or are you talking about um federal reserve actions uh tax and spend okay is that fiscal policy uh more so from the white house i would think in congress correct uh, i they gotta remember the difference because like one, like, yeah. So I think fiscal policy is the tax and spend. Monetary policy is going to be controlling the supply of money in the country. I apologize, then I stand corrected on that. Um, but I, so to your point about the president can't doesn't have too much. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. The question was, which which really remains with a solid answer. And the previous question was, how is Biden being elected? What are the effects on me? What are the effects? Was the question we didn't get an answer. Trump. Donald Trump is status quo for you and your business, and Biden at least gives you a chance of fresh air and renewed sense of better things to come down the line. I have the windows open. I have a lot of fresh air. What is fresh air is my question. Well, people will feel a bit more comfortable spending money again and coming back into a city and feeling better that COVID is more under control with new leadership as opposed to absent-minded leadership. So you're I think the direct effect – look, you live in New York City which is kind of, in, in a lot of ways, its own country. And I, I think that the direct impact on you, I would say outside of some potential tax law changes or some potential stimulus packages that are designed to target small businesses, I don't see it having a huge effect on you. Me neither. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't either. Uh, but what I'm curious is, is what, what's going to happen? What's that going to be? What, what effect does it have? I mean, not even, and I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for somebody who's listening to us right now. How it's going to affect them. I'm obviously a small business owner. So I would need to know more about their background because it's going to affect everybody differently. If, it, yeah. if, if you are a minority, I would say it affects you a lot more. Okay. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm talking socioeconomic. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. But Okay. You know, I, I would say if you're a minority, if Trump or Biden is president, you're looking at a very different tone in the country. Well, tone in the country is different, you know, not so much related to economics. Uh, but Yo, the three I of us are is. on a pretty lucky position. Like none of us really know what it's like to be a minority in this country. Um, but I would say that the tone of the country is going to have a much bigger impact on someone who's black or brown. Agree. Um, and, and I, I again, I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is when we talk about specific policy, I don't think either candidate is going to really help directly you or a small business owner. If I'm going to be so honest, I don't I think either know. candidates going to do that. What I'm saying is a point of optimism is that what seems likely at this point is that Biden will be the next president of the United States. But the good thing is, at least he kind of gives a fresh perspective on handling COVID as opposed to the past eight and a half months of what has felt that there's no one handling this virus. 
I mean, you have you have the president saying today because he's upset, he wants to fire Fossey tomorrow. Okay, uh, I, I I'm just saying like we don't have leadership on this. I think if we get some fresh perspective, it may make the American people feel a bit more comfortable that they can start going back to what they were doing pre-COVID and making the economy a bit more robust. That's all I'm trying to say. But let's let's move on. Yeah, you know, I think. I what's think, the question we got? What's the I, comment we got? Well, no, I, I, you know, I think, I think James touched on the Rachel aspect of who is the next president, and how it's going to affect that. I think there's a lot to be said about that. We, are, we're not going to do another four-hour-long uh, podcast. There's another question I want to get at, and we, and we have to wrap up. But I, okay. do, I, I think the next question is definitely a very good question. Probably not as important as a Rachel topic, but. It's something that we can answer and close. Actually, I don't think it's something we can answer, but but I think it's something we can touch on and move on before we run out of time. So the question is, there's all this contention right now over votes. Whether we should take the early votes, the mail-in votes, whether we should stop counting when we run out of time to count, what the count clock looks like, how much further we continue to count, Votes being dumped, hanging chads, like, uh, yeah. So, what's the question? How do you? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, I'm just saying, there's a lot of issues when it comes to the vote. How do you yeah, make? Right. Yeah, and my issue is that you haven't asked a question yet. How do you make the voting process better? Uh, it's it's uh, a two. It's a new century. Okay. So, so do you want the real answer, or do we want the the the, the <laughs> answer that would be given on like CNN or ABC here? Because no, like let's, both. Let's, yeah, let's do the real answer. Yeah. All right. The real answer is is that there's still such thing as voter fucking suppression. And you bet your ass that's exactly why we have a system that's so fucking archaic. It's for people to not be able to figure it out, get frustrated, and not fucking vote. Do you know how many veterans I've heard about mail-in ballots that literally got so pissed off trying to do this shit that before this election, they just gave up? But, but what, They I, do this shit on purpose. I didn't know that you... Hold on. One, I didn't know that you knew any vet, veterans. But two, I thought you said... What, what, I think, do you yes. mean there's no such thing as voter fraud? No, he said uh, voter suppression. Been, Voter suppression. Voter suppression, not voter fraud. He's saying, and he's saying that voter suppression exists and it's a problem. Oh, oh, okay. And that's, that's exactly why we haven't updated the system. I mean, let, let's be real. Like, we could, we could easily tomorrow turn the whole system around, have a bill passed in Congress. I guarantee you by the midterms, we can have an entire system where I can go on my phone and I can literally vote without even leaving my living room. And my vote can cast to whatever party, whatever decision I want, doesn't and matter. You can even have candidates put their campaign commercials in there before you even vote, just so you can hear their message and what they're about, know the face to a name. But they could why, make this so flawless, but they choose not to. Now, the reason it hasn't happened is voter suppression. So yeah. let's let's go one let's let's go one level back from that. So the demographics of this country are changing and i would say the change has been accelerating over the last 10 years and yes. the general trend of the demographics has actually been more left-leaning when you look at the popular vote margins of elections they have been favoring democrats over republicans and that's a trend that's been going on for i'd say somewhere between 10 and 15 years well, i think this um teach more republicans. hold on let me let me let me finish this thought so you've got one party that realizes that their demographics are shrinking, but the, the demographic that they do have are diehard reliable voters that no matter what the difficulty of voting is, they will go vote. Whereas the Democratic Party has more voters potentially, but their voters are not as dedicated and they also happen to live disproportionately in urban areas. So, so it, it, it's the, the Republican Party is incentivized to make voting more difficult because their voters are more likely to turn out through difficulties. And when they depress turnout, they have better results 
because their voters are more likely to show up. And additionally, most of the Democratic voters are in urban areas, which is why you see really long lines in urban areas and no lines whatsoever in rural areas. Right. So if you can say if you have a rule that says, for example, there's only one polling place per county that's allowed, that's going to disproportionately affect a place like New York City, where you might have 100,000 or 200,000 people in a county. Whereas if you go to Western Nebraska, you might have 1,500 people in a county. And so if you've right. got one polling place for 1,500 people or 100,000 people, you're not going to be able to get all 100,000 people through the door in a day. Or you might be waiting in line eight hours or eight minutes if you're in Western Nebraska. Who's more likely to go vote? The guy that has to sit in line for eight hours or eight minutes? Uh, well, this all plays up. Oh, go ahead, Jen. Why, why not tie it to a Social Security number? Everybody with a social gets a mail-in ballot, and you know they can send it at whatever time they have thirty days to send it before election. Or they go. They didn't ask my social security number when I um, when I went and voted. They just asked for. I pick. I pointed to my name, and then I signed on an iPad. They didn't okay. So, um, did you have to use your social security number when you registered to vote? I think it was just my driver's license. Yep. And not everybody has a driver's license. A lot of people don't have, you know, photo IDs. So, so voter ID laws, which is what we're kind of touching on right now, and like having your ID. I but had like to give my ID when I voted. But why so, not? Well, that's different. That's different regulations for different states. I imagine. Yep. Right. But why not go by Social Security? I don't know. Well, and then you can, I can ask the same question. Why not just vote on your phone, Justin? Then, I, the thing that I'm trying to say is, if you're going by we social, are in- if you're going by social, then you can do it by phone because one vote. You're, yes, correct. It kind of goes hand in hand. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Why not allow felons to vote? They don't want high turnout on certain parties. That's what we've been saying. Right. So I think we need to stop. We need to stop any other conversation until we kind of deal with that first. I mean, the Republican, the Republican uh, reach this election to of having so much voter suppression has been so out in the open this election that you have. They've come out and said it. That have quite literally been in shock. But why? So rather than address voter suppression. Because that's going to get worked out if you can make the voting process easier. Yeah, that's, but they don't exactly. want to make the voting process easier. But they don't you're missing want our to. point. Why would they want to yeah, do you're that? You're missing they our point, which is that they don't want more voter participation. They want it to be difficult because difficult voting favors them. You, Justin, I'd like, I'd like, and all the listeners tonight, I'd like you all to listen to uh, the lieutenant governor of Texas talk about new voter laws. He is specifically somebody who has intentionally made Texas incredibly difficult to vote in this past election. He made one ballot drop box for the entire county, which holds 4 million votes. Said one drop in box Houston. per county in all of Texas. Yes, that's over 4 million people to go to one drop box. Yep. And he says, well, it's the same thing as, as having one drop box for a county that has less than 1,000 people. If you're not going to tell that's me that that's voter that suppression, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right. So we're not arguing about whether or not voter suppression is a good thing or not. We all agree that it's bad. But um, let me let me circle back to one of my favorite sayings, which is every system is perfectly designed to achieve the exact results that it gets. So if we're getting low turnout and the, the type of politicians that we're getting right now, if you're not happy with it, don't be mad at them. Be mad at the system that's generating it because the system is designed to produce these results. Well, so if we've got people that aren't engaged with politics, that aren't voting, that don't want to stand in line for six hours, say, why do we have a system that generates these results? And then is, how it? do we fix the system? Yeah, like we're having a conversation about it right now. There's not much, much more that we can do, but I think that system really needs to change. I think the current voting system is garbage the fact that we're voting on paper is garbage um you know agreed we're not that much further ahead than we were with hanging chads 
Um, so, I didn't vote on paper. Well, you know, really. So the way it worked in, uh, in in South Carolina, what they do is they give you a a, um, a scan, like a kind of a scantron sheet. And so you insert it into the machine and then on a touch screen, you select who you want to vote for down all the races or whatever. And then it'll print that out for you. So you can see like it prints out your selection and be like, okay, yep, uh, that's who I, that's everybody that I voted for. And then you go to another machine and you insert that and the machine reads it and and then it basically just says like number of voters for the day, 10, and it just goes up to 11. And then that's, you're done. So you get a piece of paper to be able to print, mm -hmm. like to have a printout that shows what you voted for. But that's really just something that you carry to another machine so that it registers it electronically and then you're done. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually really cool. I actually thought it was okay. a decent system. We're running out of time. Thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully, next episode, we won't have to talk an entire episode about voting, about the election, about the polls. Let's Hopefully, try and keep it to 10 or 15 minutes. We can just touch on it. <laughs> uh, talk about some comments, some questions. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it there. Thank you guys for joining us. Episode 52 of Sip Talk. Hopefully, you had some drinks along with us. If you aren't already subscribed on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your audio podcasts and definitely check out the video podcast so you can see all of Adam's chest hair and all, all the stuff on, on the, on the, and the drawers in, in James room. Uh, but, uh, but thank you guys for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. See you guys soon. Good stuff. Be safe. Adios, guys. Thank you. much shorter, much sweeter than the four-hour live coverage. And uh, I think we remain pretty well composed. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.